When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, okay, here's the post-mortem that I uh, promised you guys. Uh, I got caught up on something uh, yesterday. I actually uh, had uh, several things going at once, so I couldn't uh, actually record, but I'm kind of glad that I held off until Saturday to record. It's, uh, it's Saturday as of this recording. Um, because I was able to talk to a bunch of different people, kind of get some more more feedback as to what was going on with the thought process on uh, uh, draft night, which was Thursday. And the Nuggets ended up selecting uh, Christian Brown um, and uh, uh, Peyton Watson in the first round. And uh, using their second round pick, they actually they didn't have a second round pick, they they bought a pick in the second round for a draft and stash. Um, I said before that uh, the worst case scenario would be if they use both picks. And I said this knowing full well that they would use both picks in the lottery. Um, based on all the intel that I had, and I was hoping that it wouldn't go that direction. And it's only for a couple... I'm going to kind of lay out the reasonings here. Because there is a there is a path forward that could mean the Nuggets get out ahead without kind of, kind of back, backing into get, coming out ahead in this. Um, and there's also scenarios where the Nuggets uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot. Um, one thing we need to kind of get right as a baseline here is the dent is that there were no, um, other than Oklahoma city and, um, Tim Connolly and the Minnesota Timberwolves, there was no real, uh, uh, deals or in the Knicks and their confusing, um, three, <laughs> three picks trade that they traded for the 11th pick, um, there wasn't a, a ton of trades, and everyone was kind of thinking that there would be, but there there really wasn't. There was just the the Thunder being the Thunder, Tim Connolly being Tim Connolly, and the Knicks being the Knicks. Basically, is the the best scenario you can uh, come up with there. I fully was not expecting there to be um, a deal in in so far as the Nuggets keep. Um, the th- I, and I really was actually thinking they would keep the 30th pick because it was the lowest cost pick. Um, and they would do something with the 21st pick. Um, and by that, I mean, I, while I fully expected them and kind of has been getting in- indications that they would use both first round picks, um, I was, and this is based on every, everyone in the league was saying like, you know, that's like, People were thinking the Nuggets, especially Kevin O'Connor was thinking the Nuggets were going to move up. I never thought that was realistic because once you got past a certain point in the draft, every pick was basically the same equal value. So moving, quote unquote, up 
didn't make any sense. And in fact, moving back made a hell of a lot more sense in that, in that realm of, of thinking. The, I didn't know who the Nuggets were targeting, but I did have a bunch of indications that there were certain elements pushing certain, certain things. Um, the Nuggets are right now in an interesting spot, largely because they chose to use these picks. And by that I mean... Um, well, let's let me let's retreat a bit. Let me just, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let's retreat a bit. Um, the Denver Nuggets aren't uh, coming off last year where they lost in the first round to the uh, Golden, eventual champion Golden State Warriors. There's lessons that you can take. The first one is uh, that the Nuggets were too injured to uh, uh, be anything but what they were, which was. Uh, the sixth seed uh, in the West. Um, there is another scenario where you can look at this and say the Nuggets and their faults um, are wouldn't necessarily be compensated for with just Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray coming back. And the common held feeling within some elements in the Nuggets front office was that the, really what they need is defense. Forgetting, of course, that the Nuggets defense when Murray and Porter were healthy was actually pretty good uh, during that 10-game, 9-game stretch where before Jamal got hurt. Um these are all factors that any front office has to take into account. The second half, I'm going to deal with the merits of the of this selection, particularly number 30, based on what Calvin Booth said post um, draft. I, I will I will be talking about that, uh, but I'm going to kind of give you some ideas of how the nuggets got to where they where they are um the we need to play better defense wing and that we don't have the players to play better defense wing one out in this draft so there is a line of thinking that you need um you know Christian Brown is 6 foot 7 you know Watson's a bigger guy that you need lengthy, long uh, defenders uh, who aren't necessarily, you know, people who are defenders don't necessarily have scoring threat about them. Um, there's the Nuggets have described Brown as a two-way player. He is sort of a two-way player. He has finishing problems. Um, he can shoot just a little bit, um, but he is. I wouldn't call him a two-way player. I would call him primarily a. Grayson Allen-esque defender, which probably more a little more um, disciplined than Grayson Allen, but they're both fiery individuals, and uh, Brown doesn't have a reputation for uh, being dirty. But there is there is that factor there. So I honestly don't see have an issue with the Nuggets selecting Brown at twenty one. Um, if you're going to use your pick. Use it on the the guy that you think is going to help you the most. And um, 
you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you, you can look at it, you can look at any draft and say, okay, there's even value from a certain point on. And quite frankly, this wasn't the most spectacular of drafts that I've ever seen. It is, it is, um, Banchero going number one. I mean, he could have gone number five. I mean, this is, it's just the type of draft that this was. Okay. And since teams, for whatever reason, and it doesn't, in in in, in it's hard to produce to predict the the factors of why a team would uh, not trade, or why leagues sometimes don't get into the trading business. And for whatever reason, the the big deals and the big moves that everyone, including myself, thought would happen during this draft never materialized. It may come to pass during free agency. I I don't know, but there is there's a, it just happens. Uh, a couple of years happen like that, you know, every draft cycle. And then there's some drafts where every team seems to be wanting to trade and and all that stuff. And those t- tend to be the high, the 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 drafts that have a top end that is really high from like one to ten or something like that. So the lottery picks have a lot more value. This draft was seen from everyone I've spoken to was seen as a very even draft, but it, there was a even drop basically after a certain pick, where you know moving up it just didn't benefit you. So that's why there was no moving up. Uh, I am I am not convinced the Nuggets ever intended on moving up, uh, despite what Kevin O'Connor said in his art uh, his. Uh, pre uh, mock I, I just never got that sense I think there was a lot of guessing going on about what the nuggets would want to do uh, but I never got the sense that the nuggets looked to move up um, I was thinking that they would use that 30th pick as a sweetener simply to attach to, to a trade to move another player which didn't happen um, it is it is what is a weird night. Um, this is one of the weirdest drafts I've ever seen the Nuggets conduct. Um, I have, I have witnessed a ton of drafts um, that the Nuggets have done where they have been batshit crazy, um, but this is was singularly weird in a sense of how the Nuggets executed this and and what they did to get to where they are, um, and. Uh, the more that time has gone down, gone by, and the more I have seen and talked to numerous people around the league, um, there are some people who uh, are like, yeah, whatever, it's the 30th pick. But there are others that have been like, I don't understand why the Nuggets did that. Um, there are competing theories as to how this happened. And why uh, the Nuggets ended up where they're at. And on the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about how the the use of that 30th pick was problematic. And that is the crux of the issue with this draft. And I'll be talking to you about that after the break. Now it's time to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. If you go down to the dairy block, you can go get yourself some of that uh, 2017 Cabernet. Um, You can get some of that Blake Street blend. Um, You can um, get all the manner of their 
partnerships with Western Slope wineries, Calterra, some uh, Storm Cellars, Restoration. Uh, there's one in the Elk Mountains that they got a partnership with. So if you want to taste Colorado, that's a good place to go in there. If you're looking for a place to go before a a a, a, a Rockies game, uh, that's a place to go. Uh, I saw an Avalanche watch party there last night. Um, so you can do that. It is basically, it's it, in, in the dairy block is very pretty. It's a go. It's, it's, I always suggest people go to the dairy block. It's one of my favorite places to go in Denver. They've really done a good job with, uh, turning that into something really nice. Uh, you can also, also go to bfwdenver.com, pick yourself up a bottle of wine. They got all their available, uh, Blanchard family wine stock there on the website. If you want some whites, you know, Rieslings, blends, um, and, uh, straight red, they got that there. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee, a beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you down there. Well, now is time to talk about the reason I cannot give the Nuggets a passing grade for this draft. As much as the... Christian Brown pick is okay. The 30th pick is the rub. The 30th pick and what how the Nuggets used it is, to me and many people that I've spoken to, kind of head-scratching. The Denver Nuggets um, are in ostensibly what one would call a win-now mode. Um, this is something that Josh Kroenke professed uh, last week, or you know, maybe the week before that, when he had his his uh, angsty press conference that he gave, um, the the win now element is 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 loud and clear according to that that press conference. But what I said a couple of podcasts ago is still holding true. It is how much Stan Kroenke, who is the owner. It is willing to be uncomfortable. How uncomfortable is Stan Kroenke willing to be in order to win? You have already told everyone under the sun that you want to win, but how uncomfortable do you want to be? Now, my criticism of the uh, 30th pick in the draft is from every indication that everyone has given from draft experts to not draft experts to people who uh, watch college basketball for a living. They don't understand why the Nuggets would trade to Michael Green specifically to get the 30th pick in the draft to devote a guaranteed contract to, to someone who is a project. And this is the rub. The Nuggets essentially wasted a roster spot. I if 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 um, Watson was taken one pick later, I would have zero issue with this draft. It is the fact that he was taken in the first round, given a guaranteed contract and a guaranteed roster spot. That is the problem, because be, the combination of the uh, pick of Christian Brown and Watson has taken up two roster spots on a team that needs to basically be fill out with vets who want who need to win and you have um, 
added a player that you have basically said you don't know what is going to come of him and are counting on a, a nebulous card to come that you don't even know is going to pay off in a year slash years you expect to win now. Um, that is the problem. The 30th pick in the draft is the issue. It is not the selection of Christian Brown at 21, because that was the Nuggets pick, and this is a this is the what you go through. You're a team that you know is good, so you select at the back end of a draft. Sometimes you trade out, sometimes you don't. But nine times out of ten, you're going to end up taking someone that 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 spot, devoting two spots to rookies one of which you aren't even sure is going to play, and the other one who is going to have to earn minutes is um, perplexing to me. The The Denver Nuggets have, and, and it, to me, it's more of use of roster. You know, like I said, if you get one slot later for, uh, for um, uh, Watson, you, you have one slot later to, um, to select him. You will get a non-guaranteed deal, and you can stash him in the G League and it not affect your roster, right? They had, but if you select him in the first round, he's there. He's got guaranteed money. Yeah, you can still put him in the G League, but he's still taken up a roster spot. There is that that is my issue that is, is that the Nuggets have decided to devote another roster spot to a rookie and one that you're not even sure is going to play. This is not 2016 anymore. Um, the Nuggets when the Nuggets selected three players in the 2016 draft, it was with the full intention that they would be seeing the court. And Malik Beasley at the time had a uh, torn uh, uh, ACL, I think. So it, it, he didn't even get in till later in the 2016-17 uh, um, season. The Nuggets were rebuilding at that time. Um, I can't sit here and justify doing a salary dump, which is in effect what it was, to get uh, what amounts to just sa- what that really what this amounts to is just salary relief because you are not entire you you have no idea if uh, Peyton Watson is going to play. You are basically you gave up eight million to take up two million in salary. And that was concerning to me because we can talk all we want about the trade exception. Folks, trade exceptions are very, and I let me emphasize this, very rarely used in full. All right. Pieces of trade exceptions are used, but full trade exceptions that are, you know, 8 million are very, and let me reemphasize, very rarely used. It is. It is. It is almost like it's kind of like I keep coming back to the Marcus Camby trade in two thousand eight. Um, that uh, 
the ten million dollar trade exception that the uh, the Nuggets got in exchange for sending uh, Camby to the Clippers, um, that was never used. And Mark 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 Warkatine kept calling it Big Bertha. Um, it did just it just it wasn't anything. It, we, the Nuggets never had any intention of using that. Trade exceptions are glorified um, excuses to dump salary. Essentially, is what they are. And when they do get used, it, they're pieces. And, and it's just, it's, it's frustrating to me. So really in, in, and by the way, the Nuggets went ahead and Calvin Booth basically said, this is who they wanted. Peyton Watson's who they wanted. So the Nuggets traded Jermichael Green to dump his eight point whatever million salary to specifically draft Peyton Watson. Think about that. Remove all the other crap from your from from the, 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 the that's going on. The Nuggets stated explicitly that thirtieth pick was specifically meant for this player. They got who they wanted. Okay, so it is fair to criticize the Nuggets based on that one move, knowing full well that the the traded player exception will not be used, okay? So these, these, I, I just, I, I, that is my criticism. The, in, in a time where the Nuggets are looking to win now, they got a project player who they don't even, not even sure will, will, will hit the court in exchange for trading Jermichael Green and his eight point whatever million dollar salary. Okay? That is that is where we're at right now, folks. And it looking it is looking increasingly, and I think we can safely say that Jermichael Green was salary dumped. And that part comes back to what I've I've been saying about Stan Kroenke. The Nuggets will end up playing, paying the tax this year, but we just don't know how much they will be paying. And if you dump players, which is basically what happened is uh, Jermichael Green was salary dumped to Oklahoma City, then you aren't exactly willing to be uncomfortable. Um, the Nuggets still have several roster spots to fill out, um, and the salary will grow. Okay, But when you, dr- when you dump salary dump a player to uh, another team for a project player who you won't even sure he's not even sure that we'll see the court in in a year that you've told everybody it's when now it makes little to no sense it, it just it that is what that is the issue that i have with this is that there is a nonsensical aspect to doing what the nuggets did there's there's you have to you have to look at it in in a way that, um, you know, you, the nuggets the nuggets don't have a ton of wiggle room, but what wiggle room they do have is trying to trade players, specifically, specifically Monte Morris, uh, and Will Barton, and that can still happen. But we're go- we're asking we're being asked to judge the um, the draft on its on its stated merit, 
which is the Nuggets wanted Peyton Watson. And it's hard to look at that as anything but a uh, salary dump to get a project player who is going to take up a roster spot. That is my that is the rub. And I don't know how to reconcile that. Yeah, the Nuggets can pull the rabbit out of the hat. They can they can fully pull the rabbit out of the hat and get get um, a different uh, like pull something off in free agency that I don't think anyone is actually expecting them to do. Um, but they can they can pull something off, fill in the roster with some a, a high value player that uh, we aren't thinking of one hundred percent. And I will definitely compliment the Nuggets if they do that sort of thing. But looking at this specific draft, the Nuggets dumped Jamichael Green to the Oklahoma City Thunder in order to pick up the thirtieth pick pro, uh, project player who may or may not even see the court at all, who's going to take up a roster spot and have guaranteed salary. And that is where I can't wrap my wrap my brain around. I, I just can't wrap my brain around that use of asset that the Nuggets did. And I'm hoping I'm hoping they're able to clean it up for the rest of this offseason and get pull like I said, pull a rabbit out of the hat and get some something that uh, maybe I wasn't expecting, and I will be the first. And um, I mean, those who there's people out here who 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 think I'm a negative Nancy and worry wart, and I always criticize the Nuggets. If the Nuggets are able to do something pretty sweet, I will be on this podcast complimenting them to high, the high heavens. Okay, and I'm hoping that happens. But right now, as a singular thing, looking at this draft, you can't stretch it out into the future. I can't do it because the traded player exceptions um, never get used. These 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 things that everyone always says, "Oh, we got this this big big thing that we can get." They they they. It's just it it never. It's always in the realm of fantasy land. I mean, Playboy. It's just. And I just I, I wish we would stop thinking about those things as as legitimate avenues to improve a team. Uh, but here we are. So anyway, uh, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Um, free agency starts next next week, so maybe the Nuggets do something. And uh, if so, I will be back talking about that then. Goodbye.